All right, so hey everyone, welcome to the VNS Life One Technology Podcast. My name is Shakira, and I'm here to help you gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to VNS Life One Technology. So today's episode is a little bit different. On previous podcasts, I talked about how I went through dual enrollment and essentially got my associate's degree. So since then, I graduated in 2019. The rules have kind of changed. So I wanted to bring someone on to talk about dual enrollment and what is going on with it today, what are the requirements for you to join, and essentially how we can be able to help more people enter into dual enrollment, start early and get their education for is more possibility to be able to finish school early or at least go into it without paying so much (laughs) so making college essentially more affordable is how I saw it though let's talk more with Joseph here who works with the technical (laughs) I always mess it up (laughs) so (laughs) my TS TCGS TCSG there we go I appreciate you like all the acronyms threw me for a loop I already (laughs) got to remember a lot of them for the tech industry (laughs) so (laughs) but thank you for coming on today I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then we'll get into the questions that I sent you over sure well thank you for having me again shy Uh, my name is Joseph Eccles I am currently the dual enrollment director for the technical college system of Georgia Um, what that really means is I'm the state's representative that represents the 22 colleges across the state. So I help us stay in compliance with legislation, um, the information that's being disseminated across the state. And uh, I've been in higher ed a little over 15 years. I was in the USG system first. So for the alphabet soup and all these acronyms, I was in the university system of Georgia first um, for 11 years. And now since then, I've been with the technical college system of Georgia five years. And I really just have a passion for education, helping students, like you said, go through their college experience, minimizing the debt and maximizing their gain and really just helping navigate which path works for which student because there's no correct path for everybody. So we really just have to figure out which one works best for you. That's amazing. So I'm glad that you have experienced this journey. You've been in it long enough to be able to essentially help answer these questions. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get deep into it. So what is dual enrollment? So dual enrollment is actually the opportunity where you can take college level courses while you're still in high school and get credit for both. That's what the whole dual part is. Um, So it's really, again, just that opportunity that courses that you are going to take anyway, that you can either challenge yourself or also start to earn certifications that are going to go towards your career path. You can do that while in high school. So you don't have to worry about it post high school, which gives you a jump start on your academics or gives you a jump start in your career. Okay. And it's free. Let me put that one out. And it's a free program, but we'll go into the details of how that's structured. All right. So what are the requirements for students looking to join? So since you left, it's different. <laughs> so in 2020, there was a bill that was passed with legislation called House Bill 444. And what that really is, is it was before dual enrollment was just wide open, right? You could take whatever you want, whenever you wanted, at whatever grades you were in. And it really wasn't a sustainable model, just even financially, like it was really hurting the state on the financial side. Students were retaking courses that they didn't necessarily need to retake. So it just, the bill helped narrow down the cost and it also changed some of the parameters. So now the new parameter is you can start taking dual enrollment as early as 10th grade, but that's if you're taking the CTAE based courses. So those that are non-core related. The only way you can take core classes as a sophomore is you have to be what's called Zell Miller qualified, which means you have to have that 3.7 GPA, a 1200 SAT or a 26 ACT. 
The kicker is you have to have this as you complete your ninth grade year. And most students don't take the SAT, ACT that early, if at all. Um, right now, it's a lot of colleges being test optional. So there's not a lot of students who take the core classes as a sophomore. But once you become a junior or a senior, you can take any of those dual enrollment courses you want, whether it's core or CTAE based. So that's the slight difference from when you were in school versus now. Okay, so I do want to ask, I remember in high school, as you said, it's pretty uncommon for a 10th grader or a 9th grader even to take the ACT or SAT. They had an option to take like a compass test. Is that still an opportunity for? Depending on the college. So a lot of colleges offer, it's not really compass anymore, but it's called AccuPlacer. Um, so there are some university system of Georgia colleges that accept AccuPlacer as well as some technical colleges. But the technical college admissions process is completely different in USG right now. So um, it. So let's say you wanted to go to a USG school, the way their requirements are currently set up, you need a 3.0 or higher GPA, and you need to have those SAT, ACT scores based upon their requirement at that institution. On the technical college side, it's it can be a little confusing, but I'll, I'll try to make it simple. Depending on the college that's in your area, it might be as low as a 2.0 GPA, but a lot of colleges have also made a decision where they're saying, all right, you can, if you have a 2.0 or higher, you can take the CTAE certification courses. If you have a 2.6 or higher, then you can tap into the core classes as well. So traditionally speaking at a TCSG school, it's going to be a 2.6 GPA, and that's all the requirements going to be. At a university system level, it's going to be a 3.0 or higher plus SAT, ACT scores. Okay. So the CTAE courses, will they still count towards like some high school credit? Like it may end up being like their um, extracurriculars essentially? It's normally going to come over as an elective if it goes over at all. That's where it's really important to have a um, conversation and a relationship with your counselor, both at the college and at your high school, because they'll be able to tell you which ones are aligning where. So for example, if you're taking a CNA nurse aid course, most of those courses at at the entry level don't transfer over. There are certain circumstances where it may come over as an elective if you're a nursing student and they can show you how to align it that way. But depending on the classes you're taking, they will count as an elective at the high school, but they likely won't count in a transfer to your university system if that's the route you decide to go. Okay. So definitely count at the high school. It's just how it transfers over to the university or the college you decide to attend is where it's gonna affect you most. I was about to say, isn't it more so like if you take dual enrollment, it depends kind of like what school you go to, whether they transfer anyway, because if you're going in and transfer as a transfer student without doing dual enrollment, isn't it kind of like the same process? It is. It is. And um, depending on where you decide to go, some are favorable of transfer credits and dual enrollment. Some of them prefer that you take their own. So a lot of the private colleges really prefer that you take everything with them. So they may not allow as many transfers as say the public school sector who already has those articulation agreements. Okay, I did just wanna like bring that one up because I know that once I finished, I essentially finished at G, uh, GPTC. Georgia just P so that way I can get that, yeah, just get that degree and then essentially fully transfer that degree over to Kennesaw. So that way it wasn't nitpicking at the courses that I took. <laughs> Smart woman. And just to let y'all know, what she's referencing is she actually earned her associate's degree, which is her first two years of college. So when she started Kennesaw, she didn't start as a freshman or a sophomore. She started as a junior. Um, the options of doing that through dual enrollment now are very difficult just because there's actually an hour cap. And I know we haven't covered that at this moment, but before you could take as many classes as you wanted. Now there's you have a maximum of 30 hours you can take before 
um, it's no longer free. At that point, you have to come out of pocket. So the associate's degree is is not common anymore unless people are willing to pay for it. And most people are doing dual enrollment to save money so they don't have to pay. So not as many tap into that element. Before you just answered like the next question is like how many credits they can earn. So that's perfect (laughs) there. uh, The 30 credit hours is the maximum. And then after that, you have to pay. So or and this is the kicker. But and this is one thing I, I would love to tell your audience, especially those still in high school. When we hear about dual enrollment, I think everybody knows about dual enrollment at this point, but we all think of it as the core side. We don't think of it as the certifications the are and the career ready credentials that you can earn while you're in high school as well. So there's a big group of students who do both. There's a big group who do none. And everybody, to some extent, should be taking something in dual enrollment. It might be a certification because you you work with Meta, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you know the importance of certifications in the IT world. Well, you can start doing that while you're in high school and it's still completely free, even if you don't want to take an English math history course at the college level. You don't have to take that. You can take those IT certifications. You can do uh, automotive. You can do welding. You can do nursing. Like these are things that you can take that aren't core related that are still dual enrollment classes that make it free. And the reason I wanted to point that out with the 30 hours if you run out of your 30 hours, it doesn't pay for um, funds anymore. But if you're doing certification-based courses that are high demand in the state of Georgia with your technical college, you can tap into what's called the HOPE grant or the HOPE career grant. And what that is, is it's allowing you to start using your HOPE hours to pay for those additional courses you want to take while you're in high school. So yes, it starts to use your HOPE hours, which is that 127 that you had. Um, But in transparency, if you've already gotten 30 for free, the odds of you needing an additional 127 is very rare unless you change your major multiple, multiple times, which I hope you didn't do. No, I stuck with what I got. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> and like one thing I do want to still check on is like when I went through the programs, I essentially started off with Hope when I started college. And then I eventually was able to still transfer to Zelle, essentially earn the Zelle um, scholarship. So how can, does that still work when you have dual enrollment? Okay. Yep. So you come over and that's the thing. When you start college, you're still starting fresh. Um, but there is one important thing to point out about dual enrollment, right? Especially when you're taking core classes. This is you starting college. So there's two ways people kind of have posture about dual enrollment, right? They have this posture that, hey, I'm a college kid. I'm prepared early. And then they also have, if they're not doing well, like, but I'm just in high school, give me a break. Like, you got to understand, like, that it's still a college course. Like, we're, we're not able to water down the curriculum. We're not able to make special exceptions. Like, once you decide to do dual enrollment, these are now college classes, and you have to treat them as such because they transfer over the same. So where you went in with a, let's say you had a 3.2 GPA, a lot of that had to do with you making A's and B's maybe at the dual enrollment level, more A's than B's, but that's how it's balancing. But if you had dropped a C in there, that instantly dropped you below a 3.0 would then put your hope in jeopardy. It makes Zell Miller that much harder to obtain and it transfers over and depending on what your major is. So you're in the IT field, it has a strong math focus. If you got a C in algebra, just because you tried to do that as a sophomore instead of waiting until your senior year, that's transferring over the same. And they're probably going to make you retake that class once you enroll. And like one thing that I wanted to, I guess, note when I started my IT, like bachelor's degree, the math that I took from dual enrollment, I think I took pre-cal. 
I needed Ooh. statistics instead. <laughs> so it was just like one of those things where it's like, I knew this was the path I wanted to take, but I wasn't very specific on like what classes I should at least be starting early if I, since I had the opportunity. And that's one thing to know, like if you know the journey that you're looking to go on and you get the opportunity to take the core classes, mm-hmm. I would say, look at, I guess your maybe four year that you're looking to go to or if you do want to continue with that two-year look at the programs that they have and check out what core classes correlate to what you can take and what you also need for high school that's that was it would have saved me a math class (laughs) (laughs) pre-cal is not fun so i would definitely love statistics over pre-cal any day and what's crazy is i enjoyed all of my dual enrollment professors great like they actually made things more understandable and easier for me maybe because like they knew since they were on our actual career academy campus that they were speaking with high school students and they knew that how to work with us but I would say not every one of my professors was like that but they were all there to help me and that's one thing that I do appreciate can I flip this and I'm gonna ask you a question real quick go ahead so how was dual enrollment different than your traditional high school courses as far as when you went to class, when you didn't go to class, the rigor, like tell your audience that part. All right. So dual enrollment was fairly different. Like sometimes the times were very strict when we had to be in class. We did have some professors who were more lenient. There was times where we had, I think, Fridays were no class days, essentially. So that was like good and it kind of balanced out with my schedule because we were on like a split A, B type of schedule throughout the week. And it was like some days I just didn't have no classes at all, didn't have to show up to the school. And then like other days, like I had to be there on time or there sometimes, I feel like this is more so with like English and math professors sometimes, but it's just like, you have to be there at a very particular time, on time, early. (laughs) But that was um, one of the things that really helped. I did end up taking like an AP course in world history and I realized that AP was not for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, why is this so hard when like I have to take a test to get the college credit? And I knew that in my situation, I didn't necessarily have the money or the time, like the money to take the AP exam. So I was looking at like, what are my other options? And then I was already taking maybe one or two dual enrollment classes. I decided to transition over all of my core classes to dual enrollment at that point, because AP, I was, I was almost going to fail AP world history. I'm not even going to lie. It was not the best for me because I wasn't a good writer essentially. And that's kind of like how our teacher put us out there in that. And that just wasn't for me. So I transitioned over to dual enrollment world history. And it's the same book that we were using, same kind of course structure, but it wasn't as hard to me. It just, it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't as much writing papers, essentially. It was how they say, you know, look at your syllabus and you, the amount of quizzes, the tests that you have to take, the final exam, the midterm, it was that. (laughs) And for me, that felt a lot more easier because it didn't feel subjective because I just didn't. I didn't see myself as a good writer at the time and apparently my teacher thought so too <laughs> so, <laughs> transitioning over to dual enrollment and then understanding how they structure their courses I was able to essentially follow it and I, I gained a better understanding of world history than I did from the class so that and was a big transition said, something you said I want to point out she said she transitioned all of her high school courses over to dual enrollment 
So the key word in dual enrollment is that dual, which means those college courses, again, she was taking also counted back at the high school. So she's not taking extra classes on top of the college classes. Those classes are satisfying the high school curriculum. So she does not have to do them again. And she was essentially a full-time college student while in high school once she did that outside of maybe her electives and doing things mm -hmm. at the high school. Yes, like when I realized that AP really was not my jam, <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely doing way better at dual enrollment and I don't have to essentially work 10 times harder. It was the same course, like same structure, not really structure, but it was the same course, lesson plans, stuff like that. But it made sense more to me because it was a lot easier for me to process the information rather than going through and essentially juggling, juggling back and forth was good from a subjective point of view. Mm -hmm. I get it. <laughs> and AP is not bad. It, you just really have to understand where you want to go to school first off, mm -hmm. um, what challenges you're looking for. But like you said, there, there are pros and cons to both, you know, and, and we can get into that later if you want, but I never tell people not to take AP, but I just tell them they have to understand what their purpose is, what college, what's their end game, mm -hmm. because that's what really drives which way you should go. Um, districts you live in can really dictate the push internally. Um, there are certain districts that are really going to push AP. There's other districts that are really going to push dual enrollment. Um, I'm a fan of dual enrollment, but I'm not naive to the positivity of the potential of what AP can be if used correctly. Mm -hmm. And like, it took a semester versus a whole year. Mm, so correct. that's how I was able to, to essentially change it because after the first semester of AP, I realized like I didn't want my grades to suffer. <laughs> so I went with my- That whole scholarship, you messed <laughs> yeah. up that money. Yeah. <laughs> so I like the second semester, I was just like, okay, let me go ahead and do the dual enrollment because I'm already taking the classes. I'm familiar with how GPTC stuff is set up. Mm -hmm. Let me go for this. And I knew for me, since I wanted to stay in state, I knew that I wanted my major to be IT rather than computer science, which limited my options throughout Georgia. <laughs> anyway, I had like two schools I could choose from. <laughs> so I was just like, it's either Southern or it's like Georgia Southern or Kennesaw. So I was like, they take dual enrollment credits. <laughs> so I should be fine. Because um, some of them have like the list of essentially transferable credits from like any college and it's, it's like the base core class, like English 1101 and their basic sciences and maths and stuff. So I was just like, all right, I should be okay if I take this class. <laughs> I don't have to take these anymore. Let's go. What's next? I love it. So what is, I do want to ask like, is this only available to certain schools in Georgia? Oh, it's, it's across the state. It's available for homeschool students. It's available for private schools, available for your traditional public schools. You really just have to communicate with your counselor um, and to make sure that your school is accredited too, because there may be some schools that aren't accredited that don't have approval to receive funding from the state. And if they don't have that approval to get funding from the Georgia Student Finance, then they're not dual enrollment eligible just because that's who pays the bill. Um, the state's bill. It's not coming from USG. It's not coming from TCSG. They, the state pays us through the Georgia Student Finance Committee. Okay. So as you said, like homeschooled, mm -hmm. I have a few cousins that are homeschooled at this moment. And I didn't even know they had the opportunity to be able to do this. 
Mm-hmm. And the way that some stuff set up, like after the pandemic, or if we're pretty sure we're still in it, but <laughs> there yeah, are some, talk. <laughs> <laughs> there are some parents who decided to keep their kids homeschooled mm-hmm. essentially till they finish. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that that's an opportunity for them as well. Yep, tell them to reach out to their local either university system of Georgia school or technical college school, and they'll tell them which paperwork they need to make sure that, that everything is on the up and up. And then they can start taking those courses. So instead of them having to take them at the homeschool, get them to sign off to their accreditation agencies and all of that, it'll just be a actual college course that's also on their transcript. Okay, that's amazing. All right, so let's see. We already talked about the limit on the credit hours, which is 30. I do want to put that out there again because it did change after I graduated. <laughs> and I have to point this out there as well because I know you didn't have to take advantage of this, but there's also a new um, rule inside of this bill that states you can only withdraw from classes twice. And that's important because what would happen before, kind of like you and AP, right? I took this history class. I wasn't doing so well, so I withdrew from it so it didn't mess up my grades. You can only do that two times before you're now ineligible for dual enrollment, no matter what your grade level is. Before, that didn't matter when you were in school. You could withdraw, take it again, withdraw, take it again. Now, you only get two withdrawals or you're no longer eligible and you're no longer allowed to take the same class twice to be paid for. And I say it that way because let's say you took English 1101. You either withdrew or you got a C and you didn't like that grade. So you want to take it again next semester. You can do that, but you have to pay out of pocket. The state is not going to pay for the same class twice anymore. So when I told you before dual enrollment was wide open and we couldn't mm-hmm. afford it, those were some of the, the things that were happening where I, I took a class, I didn't like the grade, so let me take it again so I get a better grade now that I know the content. That's not a thing anymore. Okay, so I do want to ask when you say that it's coming out of pocket, is the price based on the school's tuition like itself if you're going in as a normal student? Yes, it is. So depending on the school, depends on how they officially charge you. So I know at some of the technical colleges, they still treat you like a dual enrollment student. So that means they are only charging you tuition, which the beautiful thing at a TCSG school is only $100 per credit. Super affordable, right? Um, But there are circumstances or depending on the institution where they may still now make you pay for your tuition and fees, where through dual enrollment, that's not a fee. And you may have to pay for your books because books are covered through dual enrollment. Like you didn't have to pay tuition fees, room, board, like all that stuff. Well, room and board is not a thing in dual enrollment, but you don't have to pay that. Well, once you go into that self-pay area, you may have to pay that or pay a prorated version. And I would say those fees on a college level ain't no joke. <laughs> like they are. You guys, when I started Kennesaw, when I wanted to go on campus, like I wanted to stay on campus, those type of fees, there was fees like the athletic fee. There was a special fee that didn't clarify what it was. And <laughs> it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just so many additional fees. So the just tuition, that's the easy part. It's all the additional fees. That's why essentially I got my degree online while working full time in my career field. I see. <laughs> right. So I would say the withdrawal periods, does it still count before it counts as withdrawal? Like I think there's what a week period sometimes or normally it's three days. Some colleges may go as far as a week, but if you drop a class during what's called drop ad. That doesn't count as a withdrawal. That's just you changing your schedule. So you either added, changed the time you took it, or you got rid of it. 
Um, this is once the semester has officially begun and then you have to pay for it because when you drop and move classes during drop ad, it's not a financial obligation. It's once the courses officially begin, then at that point it counts as a withdrawal because somebody has to pay for that class. And the moment the state pays for that course, it's no longer eligible to be paid for again. I would say get your syllabus on day one. <laughs> get your syllabus on day one and just make sure you, you can handle it. Like, I feel like dual enrollment definitely prepared me for actual college in general because essentially I transitioned from GPTC that I don't know if they still use Blackboard, but like the system, the whole setup, essentially the same thing that I used at Kedosala. Not the same system, but same setup. I figured out how to essentially schedule my classes that make sense for me. Mm-hmm. Pray my professor so good <laughs> it was just like <laughs> one of the things where it's just like if you know your if you can handle someone who is I guess very particular about way things are done like go for it but if there is someone that's if you've looked at your your list and you've seen your professors and you know like hey I need someone who can work with me one-on-one time I can go to their office hours they are there to support rather than someone who may be like okay we have a TA and they might not have all the information, but <laughs> you deal with it. And so. a TA is a teacher's assistant, just for y'all to know. <laughs> it means it's not your actual instructor. It's normally another student who is assisting that teacher because the class is really big. Yeah. So I know I'm a fan of small classes. Okay. So you can see like the student count on there as well. That's one of the things I really paid attention to because I know small class settings. I do my best in there. I'm able to interact more. I feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So whatever floats your boat look into it (laughs) so like we talked about how they can transfer the credits to another college um what do have you guys kind of expressed to students what it takes to like transfer college um credits out of state traditionally it's a harder conversation but if you're still talking core classes and they're still listed the same those classes should still transfer over i use the the verbiage should because they should but it's still at the discretion of that particular college. But a lot of colleges now have a um, a part on their site where there's a transfer link and it'll tell you like if you input the courses you already have, if it will or won't transfer over. And I think Kennesaw actually started that software to make that happen just so people have a better understanding before even talking to an advisor. Hey, if I decide to go to, let's say Auburn, like, I want to make sure that I'm not going to have to retake my English and my history class that I've already taken. So they may not take some of like the electives again, um, but your core classes should still transfer over because it's still the exact same course. It's still called English 1101. The guidelines of the syllabus are the exact same. Um, you shouldn't get much pushback um, outside of private colleges. Some of the private colleges will give you some pushback and some of the math courses, depending on what your major is, may give you pushback as well because sometimes they just want to see how rigorous it was so they may make you take a test something to that nature just to ensure that you're ready for the next level course and they're not setting you up for failure hey there is something that i do really want to get into because i know we might be cutting a little short for time all right um so if a student is already accepted into the college for dual enrollment yep can they essentially once done with high school re-enroll in that college do they have to go through the same acceptance process or are they already considered a student you're as long as you finish high school and you still have a strong gpa and i say strong because as long as you're not flunking out of your courses 
then you you yes you we want you to stay like <laughs> um the key thing is they may have you do another application but they shouldn't charge you for it so it's just called it's like a smooth transition form because the information is now shifting um because like there's no residency required in dual enrollment which means if you're um not registered in the state of Georgia but you attended Georgia high school uh, undocumented different students like that they can still take advantage of dual enrollment but once you enroll in the institution now they have to check for your residency um, and documentation like that because they have to know how to code you for funding purposes so if you are out of state if you are undocumented then instead of paying the in-state rate you may have to pay the out-of-state rate so but yes, we want you to stay especially here at tcsg we want you to stay with us finish your certifications, diplomas, and associates, and then transfer that over to your university and then into your career path. I was like, transfer over saves you a lot of money. <laughs> saves uh, you so much it really money. comes down to your focus, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I know we're short on time, but you just got to figure out what's your end game. Your end game was, I want to save money and I want to jump into my career as fast as possible. Perfect. There may be other students though who want the college experience where they want to be on campus. They want to be part of that narrative. So you really just have to figure out what's your vibe. Just know there's pros and cons to both. You know. Let's, let's talk about what are the benefits and drawbacks of dual enrollment. Let's, uh, let's... <laughs> so as a dual enrollment director, there's no drop. No, I'm kidding. Um, I've kind of discussed the biggest drawback that concerns me is dual back before, like I was with the technical college side, I was really careful about telling people to do dual enrollment. Um, because if you come in and you don't do well, you've already hurt your college transcript. And depending on what you want to do career-wise, that could be a negative. If you're trying to be a nurse and you're doing really bad in science, just a really bad look. You want to be a doctor, but you started doing enrollment too early. Um, so those were some of the drawbacks, which is why I really push students now to go get your certification. If you even think you want to do something in healthcare, go get your nurse aid first. That'll let you know if you really want to do this profession, because that's putting you around adults. It's letting you know how to do um, hygiene care for adults. Um, and it really gives you an insight of the ground level up into healthcare. So um, the drawbacks there, I mean, there's there's not a huge drawback other than making sure you communicate with your counselor, um, figuring out how many hours you want to take per semester, because the max technically is 15. Um, but if you're only enrolled in one institution and some institutions cap, right? So like at Kennesaw or let's say one of the TCSG colleges, once you hit 15 hours, even if you take 18, the cost is the same, right? So if that's the case and, and that you have a little wiggle room to take a few more courses just because there's no extra expense happening to that particular college. Um, but traditionally, most people aren't taking that many courses. So that's, I probably shouldn't necessarily say it to that extent, but that is some flexibility that can happen. Um, tons of pros, jump, like you said, jumpstart on college, jumpstart on career, cost you absolutely nothing. Um, there's also a program now called the Option B program, which is a program that requires less high school classes. So right now in high school, you were taking 23 courses. The Option B route allows you to just take nine, um, but then you have to enroll at that technical college to finish two certifications at the college and then you're actually career ready. So you'll get a high school diploma, two um, certifications from that tech school, tech college, excuse me, or a diploma or an associates. And then you jump right into your career path. So pros and cons, same thing with AP, like there's pros and cons. Um, AP is, is different depending on where you want to go to college matters. So if you're picking a private school, sometimes they may want to see an AP class over a dual enrollment. If you're looking at a state institution, that dual enrollment is going to transfer over. So it's like 
why not transfer over something that's guaranteed versus like you said, if I take AP, then I also have to take this end of year exam. And if I don't do well in this exam, it still doesn't count as credit. So yes, I'm more prepared for the college rigor once I enroll, but it doesn't count. So it's just, what's your end game? What's your, what's your focal point? No knock on AP. Like it's my sister did AP. It, it served her well. I was not that student. Like, Give me dual enrollment or give me nothing. Like, <laughs> yes. like I know that I strongly suggest dual enrollment, especially if you're going to stay in state because the transfer process was pretty smooth for me that way. And I essentially knew what I wanted to do. So dual enrollment was definitely beneficial for me because, you know, save money, get an early start in my career field. And I do feel like that hands-on experience, I got to touch more equipment. Like even though I was at our career academy, I got like that double up on knowledge for it. Cisco and for IT in general so that really helped me when, when did you do your Cisco certification was it at Kennesaw or was it at Georgia Piedmont Tech Georgia Piedmont <laughs> so so and, and again I'm not saying that you have to stop at that certification right but especially in your world it's more about certifications and less about degrees and if you pay close attention to these big companies especially here in Georgia they're starting to show we just want you to have the the certifications and, and the knowledge that I know that once you hit the ground, you already know the content of what I need you to do. And I'll train you for the rest. I don't need the bachelor's. And again, I'm not knocking bachelor's. I, I'm a strong believer that every student should get that eventually, but it's not for every 18 year old. You go get that Cisco certifications. You already working for Meta. You've not even 22 years old, probably. I you just make turned 22. See? Just turned 22. See? <laughs> Making probably, and I'm not going to get in your pocket. <laughs> But you're making more than most adults. And then you don't owe as much, if anything, which is just the whole Yeah, the I don't owe standard. anything for school. <laughs> That's so your money is your money. Yeah. You're not paying anybody back unless you went and bought a car. <laughs> and that's paid off too. So I see? mean. Oh, girl, let me, let me find out. I see. I love it. So, Good job. But, but is it, I really appreciate you coming on today's episode and talking about dual enrollment because there's so much that has happened and I'm glad that you were able to notify us. So hopefully we can probably talk about this again if they do change the rules. <laughs> so, got you. I'm here for you. Anything you need. I appreciate it. You and your audience. I really love it. All right. So I'll drop your LinkedIn or you want to email. Sure. LinkedIn, my, you can also do my email, the jeckles um, at tcsg.edu. Hit me with any questions, any concerns. And if I can't answer it, I'll get you in contact with those who can. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in to gain some knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, understanding to be insightful in technology or dual enrollment. So thank you guys for tuning in and enjoy your day.